That's what, one of the places you said there's one of the most beautiful places you've seen in the world. So much so that I would do things like leave DC on a Thursday night, go to Turkey for two nights and come right back. I would literally <laughs> go there to read a book. I don't play around. <laughs> Yo, Maurice. So it's been a long time since I've done a podcast and I really didn't even know if I was going to do any more, to be honest with you. But when this guy showed up, I was like, <laughs> man, I got to take the opportunity to record some of this because it's always good talking to Maurice. Maurice, how you doing today? I'm good, man. I'm actually really good. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm really tired, actually. I've been, been driving running, for the man, last so I appreciate you. Four the, hours the, original, the original idea was to get you here at three o'clock, give you yeah. an hour to decompress, chill, yeah. and then four o'clock we'd record the podcast. But yeah. uh, things didn't turn that way. We kind of just threw you into the hot seat as soon as you came here. You know, it's all good. You got to be ready we to roll. <laughs> you got to be ready <laughs> to roll. That's the way life works, yeah. isn't it? It's never, never. You know, a lot of people talk about. Uh, the law of attraction, manifesting mm -hmm. your dreams and things of that nature. But one of the things I've always noticed is that life never turns out the way you expect it no. to. No, no. You might as well just do stuff and course correct along the way. Just yeah. go for it. Go with the flow. Be yeah. a flower. So I'm going I'm to hit you straight with this one thing that okay. I was thinking about. I was thinking about you the other day uh, and was thinking about doing this. And I was like, this is what came to my mind. And if it applies, it applies. If it doesn't apply, you know, just say, mm. I don't know about that. We'll, we'll move on next. Mm-hmm. But in along your journey, did you go from chasing the dollar to having the dollar chase you? Chasing the dollar to having the dollar chase me. Yes. And it can go in terms of success, too. You know, some people are chasing success and then all of a sudden they turn, they flip the script. They go from one stage of chasing it to having it chase you when you just, you know. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. Uh so if we're talking on, so you know I'm a real, real estate investor. That's not all I do, but I am one. <clears throat> but I was never, at the start of my journey, it, it was about freedom. It was, but I got caught up in the 2000 boom cycle in D.C. So what you could do is you could, you could, you could buy a place on paper. It wasn't even built yet. Let's say the contract price was 300 grand. By the time it was built, it was worth 450 so you're literally just making making money out of air. It's the early 2000s. Early 2000s. Man, like 2004, 2005, 2006 okay. time frame. <clears throat> and that's when I started chasing dollars because it, it became very easy. I lost my original goal, which was freedom, which meant I was picking the right things to invest in. When I started making six figures on deals, I just started going after every deal and it bit me. In 2008, I bought in D.C. a penthouse condo, not because it was the right place to buy to get after financial freedom and all that, but just because my ego had kicked in. It's like if I own a penthouse condo in the city, I'm the shit. Right. And it bit me so hard because the downturn hit right. and I lost on that. So that was <clears throat> I tell people all the time uh, that was the biggest Real estate mistake I ever made, but it was the best one. Because I was chasing money, it, it ran away from me. Mm -hmm. And the moment I got back to my original goal, which is to get some level of financial freedom and control my time, 
Then I started making very, very good decisions again. And now where I am in 2021, so what we're, we're 15, 16 years later, is I can't keep all the deals away and all the opportunities and uh, all the opportunities to make money or to give money to other people. There's so much of it because money's not what I'm after. What I'm after nowadays is impact on people and opportunities keep presenting themselves. So yeah, there was a definite shift from chasing money uh, to it chasing me. And I've never thought about it that way, but that's kind of what's happening. Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Yeah. And then so so your your your, your motivation, or your, your focus <laughs> is impact. Yeah. And as a result of impact, are you seeing that there's, there's a lot of opportunities where you got to like pick and choose now? Oh, yeah. Even, even on the drive up here, uh, a friend of mine has a deal in Dallas and we're like, no, that's not the right thing. He wants me to come in after the fact, like the deal's already closed. I don't want that because I want to be part of so I buy apartment complexes and I fix them up, affordable housing. I want to be part of the answer at the beginning. I want to know what the issue is. Okay, then I'm going to raise money from people. Okay, we're going to fix this together. We're going to improve the quality of life for these 200 families who are here. Here's how we're going to do it. Here's the plan. We're going to hold on to it for three, four, five, six, ten years. But that makes me feel good. That's the shit that I go to sleep at night knowing Oh, there's 200 families in that complex that I'm about to give a better quality of life. I'm good with that. The The deal my boy was just talking about was, hey, come in with funding after the fact. And that's just the making money thing. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with it, but right. that's just not where my head is nowadays. So the other great thing about I'm hearing about that is like <coughs> it's very great when you have a clear strategy, a clear yeah. criteria of what you're up against. Then you're able to weigh and weigh and look at deals with the quickness, so to speak, like this mm-hmm. either fits, it doesn't fit, you know, usually with a guy calls me too, within a few minutes, I kind of know if, if it's, it's if it's of any interest to pursue further. Yeah. Or I'll tell him straight off the bat, I'm not going to waste your, I don't want to waste your time. And I definitely don't want to waste my time. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, but you know, it, it, it does go back to, it goes back to lifestyle design. Yeah. It goes back to the goals of why you're doing investing or anything that you're doing in life in general. And if that thing doesn't meet that life related goal, what are you, why are you doing it? Right. Yeah. So where'd you get to the point of realizing impact is your thing to focus on? What was that journey? Mm. I, I have always been a public servant. Uh, started with military days, right? So I got a ROTC scholarship to go to school. I just needed the money. I wasn't really, I wasn't trying to be in the military. Right. Like that, but, um, but the military was good to me. It really, the impact it's had on my life as far as traveling around the world. So I was a federal agent. Think uh, NCIS, but, uh, you know, the, the TV show NCIS, okay. Naval Criminal Investigation. So it's the FBI of the Navy. My organization was called OSI. Office of Special Investigations, like the FBI of the Air Force. But by nature of what we did, we're fully credentialed federal agents and we could lock people up and da da da. But I ran field offices for these guys all over the world. Um, the discipline around it and the service nature of helping people. Like, <clears throat> even though you were a military officer and not necessarily a diplomat, I was acting in a diplomatic capacity in so many different places. It actually made me kind of proud to be, you know, in, I wasn't really in uniform. I was always plain clothes, but to be a representative of this country for people to see the U.S. in a different light. Mm-hmm. Not seeing it, oh, politician. No, not politician. What they're seeing is, nah, just this 
cool, normal cat who's from Boston and New York, and he treats people with empathy and da-da-da. My experiences in Turkey, Germany, Somalia, Djibouti, Africa, the Mideast, um, ridiculous. Um, so it started there. In 2008, I did something really interesting, even though I was a full-time corporate executive for 25 years at uh, a global consulting firm. I somehow added being a police officer at night, being a midnight police officer for 15 years. That was part of me wanting to serve my own community. And then, you know, now I'm retired from all three of them, the military, the police, uh, the corporate exec stuff. Mm -hmm. Affordable housing is kind of like pushed its way in as the next way that I can help a lot of people. So it's just something, it's something to do. And then I have my own philanthropy stuff that I do on the side. So I'm like in two weeks, I'll be in Lebanon. And my thing on the philanthropy side is what can I do to change a family's decade in a minute? So that's, in the beginning, I didn't get into your bio or anything, but one of the things yeah. that's most amazing about you is you've traveled <laughs> to over a hundred countries. Yeah. And so now looking at your history, history with the, uh, with the military and things, now I can kind of see, is that where the, the love of traveling kind of came from? Your experience with being in, on, in the different countries? It wasn't, um, it, it was, it, uh, I had certainly been bolstered by that, but the love of travel started at 15 because my father uh, sent me to France to live with the, an exchange student who had stayed at my house the previous summer. So I think about an inner city Boston kid traveling around France for 30 days in an 83 stick shift Range Rover. Changed me. High fundamentally school. high school yeah it made me realize that life was more than yo mtv raps right you know so it started there but then then take a 22 year old military officer who has an enormous amount of responsibility give him 40 troops he's responsible for and put him in an overseas environment it was nuts with the some of the things that i was doing where i was going yeah i definitely i got to see overseas uh in ways that people will never experience in their life mm -hmm. yeah and so what like where are you where are you at with travel now these days because you've traveled to all these different countries what are you looking forward to doing or is there yeah. other places on the list that you haven't been to yet or you're looking at revisiting the places that you've been to what's, yeah. what's going on with that so travel for me serves a purpose it's not i i have no interest in visiting all 196 countries in the world that's not what i'm doing right what travel is for me is is constant learning it's beginner's mindset. It's it's putting yourself in an environment where you know nothing or nobody and you can literally be a kid again and go explore. That's why I love travel so much. Um, no, I'm still traveling. So that 100 countries is, uh, I think it's 97 technically. So 97 countries over 300 times. Like I've gone back to the same country, like Turkey, I've been back maybe 40 times now. Um, I got a nice Turkish recipe, by the way, tonight that it, we're going to have. Is that Turkish. right? Kebabs, the shish kebab, kofte oh, kebabs. Oh, kofte? Yeah. We're going to get on some kofte? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right, all from a From a Turkish family recipe, too. There you so go. It's first time making it, but. I'll take it. Uh, so, yeah, man, I, I still travel. And then um, now I'm spending a lot of time in Turkey, Cyprus, Lebanon. And that's because I started doing some um, business, some real estate business over there, too, in Cyprus. Not for the money, but because I wanted to be a meaningful part of a business community somewhere else and learn something brand new. Right. I'm on my third project and I still barely know what I'm doing. So another big thing for you is learning. It's the whole learning thing. Big time. It's just constantly, you know, never ending 
learning, expanding yourself. Yeah. And it started like you were telling me, <coughs> you started learning about real estate how many years before you actually got into it? It was like four yeah. years or five, three or four five, years. Five, five years. When did I find that book? I started thinking about real estate in 1997, and then I found Personal Finance for Dummies in 2000 in a bookstore in New York. It had the phrase passive income in it. Right. So then I went to the library in Fairfax, Virginia, and then, goodness, within a year, I had 10 places under my belt. Wow. Yeah. All from just reading books. Just books. Just books. First, then- first deal I ever closed on, I went to the library, got a book on condos, brought the book to the closing table, and did what it told me to do. <laughs> <laughs> wow and I, and I and i walked out and like okay so when you're going through that journey you're reading this book the book's telling you what to do you were just totally confident in it or you were like uh-huh. a part of you is obviously questioning like is this real like should i be doing like you know the self-doubt well you know where it came from it came from because i bought a place to live first yeah and timing does matter of course and it just happened to be in 2002 right at the beginning of that boom cycle right and um Three months after I bought my place, the same floor plan next door sold for 30 grand more. Right. And my father explained equity to me. I had never even heard the word mm-hmm. by that time. I was 22, 22 or 23. And he said, no, you just made 30,000. And that, I said, what? <laughs> what do you mean I made $30,000? And he explained it. What the hell is this? So it was a culmination of that, finding personal finance for dummies, went to the library, figured it out. And I'm like. I'm going to do this and figure out a way to create passive income and then have options for life where I don't have to be somewhere. So you spent a couple of years reading these books and then you, when did it take time for you to like say, now I got to meet some people that are doing this too? I, I don't know. No, I, I didn't. And maybe that was my strength, but it might also be my weakness as well. So when I started in earnest in 2002, I met a broker I can't remember her name. She's probably passed by now because she was in her 70s at the time. I bought a first investment condo that I was telling you about. And she was like, she gave me a piece of advice. And she said, listen, instead of going out to D.C. and buying the $300,000 banger condo, why don't you buy these little $100,000 things and buy a dozen of them and forget the large dodo egg, buy a dozen of these things and pay them off. People don't realize if you pay these things off, you have a salary. Mm-hmm. That stuck with me. And that the light bulb went the off. The light bulb went off. And in, you know this. That is the most inefficient way to take your salary from work and to just save it and use a little bit of cash flow and then just start paying these things off over time. It was so slow. Right. 14 years. 14, okay. 14 years to get to 160 grand of passive income. But I was so defiantly committed to it. I had blinders on and didn't care what anybody said. But that also gave the groundwork to do now what you're doing. All, all this other stuff. It yeah. Helped, helped, it helped build it. I mean, like I said, it may have took a long time, but it also gave you the, the good foundation and everything. It, it gave me foundation, but I think the, the thing that it truly gave me was my, is my ability to just do shit and course correct along the way. Okay. And I'm starting to realize how in, much my personality fits into that mold. Right. Right. I'm, but in hindsight, you would have definitely wouldn't have done it for 14 years. You would have probably did it for a few years and then. I would have looked for something you, else. Knowing what you know now, what would you yeah, do? Multifamily. Like yeah. I would have went to multifamily much earlier, but I'm glad it happened the way it did, Pankaj, because I hit 2008 
in that three year period in that downturn right. from 08 to 11 uh the 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 level of thick skin that i developed for what i was going through think about it. i was full-time accenture during the day full-time street cop at night i had maybe 25 homes under my belt half of the tenants stopped paying okay uh I mean, my stress level was through the roof mm-hmm. and I refused to quit. And, you know, the people are like, no, you can just file bankruptcy. You just start over. And I'm like, I'm not starting over. Right. I called 20, 25 banks, negotiated with them on my own and just said, this is what I'm trying to do. How can we do this? How can we work together? I'm not running. I'm calling you. Right. And I made it through. And, you know, there were some short sales. There was one or two foreclosures. But by far, 80% of my portfolio made it exactly. through. Thank God, because if I would have started from scratch, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. But, um, you know, it's like iron sharpens iron kind of thing. And like then I when did the stuff. multifamily thing come into your awareness? Yep. Okay, so the, 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 the quick real estate journey is all single family, 02 to 2015, got up to, I think I bought about 50, but I got up to 35 single family homes that I totally owned, sold a bunch of them. And ended up with 18 paid off in 2015. That was 160 grand passive. But something happened, which was I wasn't challenged anymore. Right. I was just doing the same thing. If you think about it, just like we complain about a nine to five where you just press and repeat every day, that can happen on the entrepreneurial side too. Yeah. I was just pressing the same formula. I knew I needed something different. I walked into a multifamily seminar. I think Facebook heard me and put that shit in my feed. <laughs> of course they did. Walked into a seminar. I was out within seven minutes. I just paid the money. And um, it took me two years to do my first multifamily deal. But I knew I needed something different. And in the middle of that, I got deployed overseas to Turkey. So it was a good, you know, the timing was good. But I was literally just looking for a new challenge. Now, what's really st- I was going to use the word strange. Yeah. As you had all this real estate, you had the passive income. Yeah. But you kept the corporate job. Yeah. And then not only the corporate job, you were cop at night. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's built like that, Maurice. You know that, right? I, I think there are people out there like that. But, it, you know, but it goes to show, like, life ain't it. Listen, when you, people need to understand this. When you have enough money to cover your basic needs, life seems to open up and you start to realize that life was never about money in the first place. Mm-hmm. Well, challenges, experiences. I have goals and those goals dictated. No, I need to keep these W2 jobs because it's like throwing lighter fluid on what you're doing. It just accelerates everything. Right. I love being a corporate exec. I, I truly genuinely enjoyed it right. uh, and still struggle when I think about not being there because I like the people there. How long has it been? A year now or two? A year, a year November 2021. I left everything. Okay. Yeah. So you're coming up on your one year anniversary. Yeah. <laughs> Look at that face he makes. <laughs> Most people will be like, Shit. yes. You're like, oh, man, be- I don't be- know. <laughs> be- because I liked, I genuinely liked the problem solving of helping clients figure out their business, what I was doing on the consulting side, right? Okay. I also genuinely liked being that street cop who my neighbors counted on all the time Mm -hmm. and whose shop owners still call me to this day looking for help. And then I also liked being the the military guy who was running a field office in 
Germany or running around Luxembourg like I was doing. Yeah. Just because you have money or enough money to cover your like that's enough money to cover your needs allows you to live. It's not life. Right. So when I started to realize that, no, I want more experience. I want more travel, more experience, more meaningful relationships with people like yourself. That's what pushed me to do way more than I think the average person will do. So what's the goal now? Like, what are you, what are you, what are you working towards now? You've, you've, you've got become very successful in real estate. Yeah. You don't have the corporate job. Now, wait, let me, before, let me rewind a little bit. Yeah. So now that it's a year of not doing the corporate thing, um, do you feel like that's something also you should have done sooner or no? Now you're like, no, it was perfect time. I made the that. right you decision at the right time. Yeah. You had to build up a certain, to a certain point before you were ready to take that jump. And what made you take the jump anyway, then? To jump out? To jump out. Yeah, it was time. I could feel it. Okay. I was aging out of my company. You feel like constriction coming in? Like, just like, you know, when something's, they feel the hands around your neck. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> a little, but you know, but here, uh, I post about this shit all the time where I tell people, there are times where you don't take a promotion. So I retired in 2021. The last time I was promoted was 2013. Uh-huh. That's Because you just want to be at a certain place. Because with more, with more promotion, more responsibility, more time, more, you know, and you're doing other things on the, That's you know, right. doing other things outside of you, the, the corporate world. You're doing the real estate and all this other stuff. Yeah. So you couldn't, you had to balance. And, you know, what's well, but people are chasing, people are chasing titles and money. That's not what I was chasing. Right. What I was chasing was impact to those clients. And then I always say that a career should be a purpose, being a police officer, being in the military. Those are my purposes. A career should be a purpose or purposeful. And when I was doing the consulting work, I did enjoy it, but it, it was purposeful. I, I wanted those two paychecks. So getting up and going to the nine to five was never stressful for me because I knew why I was doing it. I wanted those two paychecks to start paying off that real estate and to invest in new stuff for the future. Yeah. Right. And every time I got asked to enter the partner promotion track, I turned it down. Like, no, nah, I'm getting this 200 grand. Like, it's at a good level. I had a wonderful boss who pretty much asked me what I wanted. And I said, Elaine, just keep me hidden from leadership. And I will get you tell me the outcomes you want for your account. That's what I'm going to do. But keep me away from all this political stuff. Right. She was phenomenal with it. Phenomenal. If not for her, I probably would have left earlier. Mm-hmm. But it, it came to a point where it's like, no, nah, I turned it down all those times. Now I'm 46, pretty high salary. They could probably bring someone in who's 35, do the same thing, lower salary. You could feel it. Right. You know? So it was just reluctantly I left, but it was time to go. And now I see you're also like kind of combining the travel and business and real estate. It's yeah. all kind of coming together. You're looking at investing across the internationally and in, in like Cyprus or yeah what's going on with it like what, what do you see going on there life yeah? <laughs> it's all life related man yeah. it's anything that I'm doing nowadays is not even close to money related money is a byproduct of me living at this point again the dollar's chasing you you're not chasing the dollar I'm not chasing nothing you're chasing I have enough. you're just chasing your your, your joy or just whatever live. where your passion your yeah. life you know you're just living and 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 the, the money's following and that's what O2 to 15 gave me because I've always been to take care of my, I've always been able to take care of my basic needs, food, shelter, um, Cyprus and the Mediterranean came in because um, I was a federal agent in charge of detachment 526, which is in Izmir, Turkey for eight months in 2015. It's on the Aegean Sea. If you go a little bit further south, it's, it's the Mediterranean Sea. 
something about that area just the universe shook me when i lived in that area i loved it man and that's what, one of the places you said there's one of the most beautiful places you've seen in the world so much so that i would do things like leave dc on a thursday night go to turkey for two nights and come right back i would literally <laughs> go there to read a book i don't play around <laughs> yo Maurice, that just totally i i look i to leave go someplace read a book come back Wow. I, would, I would do that i would do i still 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 do that to this day depending on where it is but i'll go places for sure the the furthest i've gone across the world for that i guess would be turkey no i've gone to beirut for a lot of 48 times. hours <laughs> yeah i've gone to lebanon for 48 hours but um i knew i was gonna live in the area you have to listen to what your brain and imagination is telling you now when you go to these places they make you feel like sometimes you as soon as you get there it's like all of a sudden your your, your level of aliveness expands and increases it's the moment i i i am you and i have talked about this i'm starting to develop that feeling home again which wow. is really important but the moment I know that I'm going to go on an adventure, it's not a vacation for me. It's just life. You going on vacation again? No, <laughs> it's not vacation. You go to the movies, you go to Walmart. I go get on a plane. That's just what I do. Right. The moment I get in the Uber, my brain just seems to flip into let's go live mode. Yeah. And, time, I, and I like that. There was a time that. when I was doing a lot of travel like, uh, and, and I felt like I was living my own movie. Yeah. You ever feel like that? You're 100%. like when you're on these travel journeys, you're like a character in a movie, Absolutely. so to speak. You're living and the but the movie and you're the main character. And what Even I love we all are in our lives and somehow, but it was a whole different dimension of that. Well, but you should be the main like the the star of your own movie. Exactly. Too many people are defaulting to being a featured extra in their own movie. <laughs> what are you what are you what are you doing? So if you if the one thing I love, remember I said I go back to places a lot. Yeah. Because I like to invest in people. And go hang out, fly there for the weekend just to go have coffee with them and, and roll back kind of thing. Uh, so let's say, like, when I go to Lebanon in, in two two weeks, one of two people will pick me up at the airport for mm -hmm. sure. That makes me happy. Like, I'm a, known, I'm a known quantity there. I'm a known quantity in Cyprus. I'm a known quantity in Helsinki, Finland. I'm a known quantity in D.C. I like that. I like the feeling of it's... I like to take the extraordinary and make it ordinary. Mm. This notion of like, shit, did he say he gets on a plane on Thursday and he comes back Sunday from Turkey? <laughs> to read a book. <laughs> I mean, y'all get in an Uber to go down to the movies. I get on a plane to go. Like, it's no, to me, it doesn't, it, it doesn't even compute as strange right. at all, right? I just want to do amazing stuff in this lifetime before you know, it's over. And I think that's what I immediately connected with you when I first heard you speak. I'm like, because it's this whole thing of living out what they call outside the box. You know what I mean? Who wants to live inside a box? It's like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like years ago, everybody had to yeah. like, live by a cubicle, basically. And that was the norm. That was called normality. Right. Yeah. yeah. I don't know what it's like nowadays because I never lived that life. But or I did when I was in my early 20s. But I mean, it just wasn't. I always felt constricted, always felt like prison and 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 freedom always seemed uh to me like uh, that's what i wanted it's like i i i, I put i studied in the 20s i studied my all these things like you studied all these books i would study all these philosophies ideologies and things of that nature 
so that I could understand. Because I still, you know, growing up, right, I never felt like I understood this world and what people were doing. Right. You know, it just right. looked like Why I looked around the world and it yeah. seemed like everybody was a hamster on a wheel. Yeah. You know, and they're yeah. just running. And I just was like, you're going to grow up and be a hamster on a wheel. I'm like, nah, I don't think that's, that's not for me. Yep. And every day they're getting up and they're getting on this wheel and they're just running. And, and, and that's just the running way. where, where, where you're, they're running. They, that's, that's a bad generalization, yeah, but yeah. people are just doing because they see society doing, they're forgetting that the whole point of us being here was to experience life and earth as intended, not to live in a cubicle, uh, 12 hours a day. We already sleep one third of our life. So that's gone already. So now we're going to spend 15 hours in cube land kind of thing. It, but here's the thing. I, I can't disparage it because I did enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. If being the CEO of an organization is your passion, go for it. Hell yeah. But if you are going after being a CEO because that's what your peers are doing, you're, you're wasting our only true asset, which is. Time, yeah, you're you're wasting that. So when you were talking about studying things about freedom, that's what I think about now: time freedom, financial freedom, geographic freedom, freedom to execute your purpose, and freedom to build meaningful relationships. If if my activities don't fall in those buckets, I won't even do them right. anymore. So, um, yeah, I was thinking about something. So relationships is another big, 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 huge, big, huge thing. What is it like? Um, let me just rewind a little bit. You know, I told my son one day, I said, yeah. I said, selling, everything is selling. And my son's 18 years old. And he just kind of looked at me like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I'm like, you are going, applying to college. So you have to sell yourself to the school. Mm -hmm. You know, you're, you're, you're walking into an interview. You have to sell yourself to the company. You know, you want to take this girl out. You're going to have to sell yourself. <laughs> it's true. You know, it's so yeah, it's true. if you want, if you have children and you want them to, 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 to study hard or work hard or whatever, you have to sell them on the idea mm -hmm. of the importance of education. Mm -hmm. um, so a lot of times we, 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 you know, growing up selling was uh, the equivalent of uh, manipulation. Yeah. And then, so my, my take on selling is selling is helping people to make a wise decision. Mm -hmm. You're giving um, them information for them to make a decision. Yeah. And, um, what's your thing about selling? Like how important is selling for you? Or do you, is just, is it, is it, I, I guess it's not so much. Sell, I, I understand what you're saying. I guess for me, it's not so much the word selling as it is giving people an opportunity to do something. Typically, like, let's say if I'm working with my investors or something like that, I'm not selling them the next apartment complex to buy. I'm right. giving them an opportunity to, create legacy for their family or equity for college education or something. That's what I've gotten actually pretty good at is if I can't find a with it in it, with oh. it, with it is what's in it for them. Okay. Right. If I can't find a with it in what I'm doing, I won't talk to people about it. There has to be something in it for them. It can't just be, Oh, I benefit. And now let me go work with this person. So I benefit. Right. And that again, and you're helping them to make a wise decision for themselves. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and you can and you can do that. Don't get me, there are some sleazy ass salesmen out there. Don't get me wrong, right? But especially in the world where you and I live on the real estate side or any type of investment and stuff, um, it's yeah, it's it it can be perceived as selling. But the reason I love it so much is because I'm helping families create something, and that's part of my thing. You were asking me like, what's my goal now? My overarching goal is that the day that I die, there are a lot of people who are bothered by it. 
That's pretty simple because that means that I've helped a lot of different communities. So the people that I helped as a police officer, if, if you know if something unfortunately happened to me next year and they heard about, oh shit, Officer Villagin passed away. That was a good dude. You know what he did for my family at that time? Right. And then for my investors, oh, he passed away. Man, he helped me make a million dollars and that put four of my kids through college and now they have families. Wow. I want that. Right. When I go to Lebanon in two weeks, when I drop by this family that we're going to take care of and change their decade, I want them to remember that some random black dude from the U.S. showed up with a few thousand dollars on their doorstep to pay for a surgery. Oh, he's gone? Damn, I remember when he... That's, that's, my, that's my goal now, right? Is um, how many people can I help? Mm-hmm. That's powerful, man. Um, it reminds me of a quote that Robin Sharma, his, his father told him, he goes, when you were born, you cried. Live the life that when you die, everybody else cries. Damn. Yeah. Very simple, right? But same, but same we, concept, you know? Like, I think we need that. We need stuff like that. Once I made that statement to myself, or even that statement you just said, it actually it, it, it facilitates and guides your actions. It's very easy. I can tell when I'm doing something that's selfish. Like there's there's nothing in it for anybody else, you know. Uh, don't get me. I'll self care. Yeah, it's very important. But I I genuinely like even if I'm having a bad day, I'll try and go find someone else to do something for because you just feel better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Maurice, it's very powerful to have to be in conversation with you and um, kind of reach that time. Is there anything that you feel like? Did you like to share or anything we didn't touch upon or even if you have a question or anything, just anything you want to close yeah. with, whatever. I'm just going to kind of throw that out there. Yeah. Uh, you know my new mantra, try life on. Okay. I, I have to bring that up. So, And then anything also with Quattro Capital or anything like that? Sure, you know, sure, anything, sure. I think whatever. the life, I, I'll bring it up. I think the life stuff is the most important thing. But um, I, I recognize that I've kind of executed a bit of an extraordinary life the way that people talk it's not extraordinary to me but the way that people talk about it but this thing about being a police officer an executive military guy all at the same time while building a real estate business while traveling to 100 countries while owning some restaurants while doing that none of it i don't think i was good at any of it i think i just had a knack of regardless of what societal pressures said i would just do stuff well, you're supposed to be the, 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 the basketball player who makes it to the league, and I, I don't want to do any of that. There are ways that you can try life on and just get after it, um, and people should do more of it. People really should do more of it. If you want to travel the way that I was just talking about, go, leaving the U.S. East Coast on a Thursday night, coming back on a Sunday from Europe or from the Mideast or something, learn how to travel hack. Go to the library. Nobody goes to the library anymore. I do. <laughs> Go to the library. Get off the blogs because they don't have enough information and do that. So I just encourage people that, man, there's more than, than that we can do. I feel like I've lived three lifetimes in my life already, and I have so much more to do. Instead of going after titles and paychecks and stuff, I think people should be trying life on way more. Um, Is that going to be the name of your book, Try Life On? Probably. It'll be, it'll be Try Life On, and I... There may be some projects to come out with that tagline too. and But it's literally just to encourage people to get away from what people are saying is the pinnacle of life, making this title or this amount. Forget that. 
just do whatever it is that makes you happy and find a way to do it. Find the person who's already done it. Find the tips and the hacks and the tricks to get it done. Go try life on. Thank you, Smarice. You're um, welcome. I should have said this at the beginning. If you've never listened to KarmaCast, this is the episode to definitely listen to. All right? <laughs> Thanks, Maurice. Thanks for coming out, man. My pleasure, brother. My pleasure. Take care. God bless.